Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. Watto, Pip Pip! It was a Thanksgiving week this week, which meant three Thursday night games, and uh, what a slate of games they were. America was certainly treated to a, uh, a great few games while they were eating their turkey this year, but uh, we've watched some of the best games of the week, and we'll be telling you about them, uh, and as well as our, our picks for week 13. But as we always do, let's have a look at some of the uh, talking points from around the league before we start. How are you doing, G? You, you okay? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Enjoyed the games last week, um, getting back into the swing of things, and yeah. Raring and ready to go, sir. Absolutely. Well, that's the first thing. Let's uh, have a look at is uh, well, it's, it's the it's the state of the Brown. We're going to have a look at really this week at uh, the state of a couple of teams and uh, and and how they're how they're currently looking and what they uh, what we think they're going to, uh, to to be doing in the next uh, in the next few weeks as the season closes out. First one is the Browns. The poor old Browns. Um, they might be getting RG three back. It looks like uh, he, he hasn't played since week one. He fractured his collarbone in week one. Uh, they're still to win. They're still zero and twelve for the season so far. But they had six different people throwing the ball while he's been out do you think do you think he's going to make any difference to the team G um, not really it's not like he's going to set the team on fire and I'm really not sure where we are in terms of their quarterback going forward I, I have yeah. to I kind of feel like they're probably going to draft one I mean he was brought in to give him another chance and he's promptly gone and got another massive injury and given his his injury history you have to worry whether you can rely on him week in week out well that's it I mean this, looking at the games that they've got they've got left with they're obviously they're on their bye week this week so hey let's face it they're not going to lose this week so that's a positive for them um, they've got they've got you guys the week after the Bengals um, they travel to, to Buffalo for the Bills the week after that then they've got the Chargers and then they finish at the Steelers so it's not exactly an easy run in either is it no, I mean, I said very confidently that they wouldn't lose all their games because history <laughs> says that I'm right because only one side have ever done that. They could lose 16. However, they are playing the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. You you aren't looking the, the best at the moment. But uh, if, if you were to say, if, if you were going to pick one, a, a win out of those out of those games, what do you reckon? Where do you think that's going to come from? Well, from that list of games, I, I wasn't You think a, the Bengals? Yeah, no. Uh, we're 3-7-1 now. I mean, you know, it's the Battle of Ohio in Cleveland and the Bengals, I don't know, they've kept it close against all teams, but they just can't quite pull it together. They did a decent yeah. job against um, the Browns last time, but, you know, the defence isn't quite right and obviously the offence is missing two big pieces and isn't firing at all right. So, depending yeah. on what happens in the, against the Eagles, it's possible. Equally, they may go 0-16. But I, the thing for me is that I'm not sure that I could predict a Browns win, but it just seems very unlikely that they won't get one. I hope they get one because, you know, the players are really trying really hard and you look at Hugh Jackson in a press conference and it's kind of like, you know, they, they've suffered enough now. And Cleveland, I was about to say suffered enough, but obviously um, their NBA team just won, a, won the um, championship, which is that's the first one that's, you know, over 50-something years since they've won one. And the um, Indians we were in the um, World Series. So, you know, sports have definitely had a bit of a turnaround in Cleveland, but not in football terms. But there's a plan. There's lots of young players coming. If they stick to their plan, then maybe next year things will be improved in the division. That said, yeah. that kind of relies on their owner not deciding to fire people again. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, he's 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 got to resist for another few weeks, I think, and uh, and see out the season. Or he could fire <laughs> Hugh Jackson, and we could have him. Well, you you need someone at the minute. You certainly you certainly uh, need something to to turn around. But uh, as, do do you know one thing? Just uh, just uh, off the top of my head, thing. One thing I looked up at uh, at lunchtime yesterday while I was at work was having a, having a chat about um, teams that have gone zero and sixteen. Who was the last team to go zero and sixteen? Can you remember? It was the Lions. It was in in two thousand and. 
I don't know that. Eight? I think it was ten. I want to say ten. I can't remember off the off the top of my uh, How can you come here head. asking me questions and then and, and <laughs> then go, oh I, I was I was hoping you were gonna say ten and I'd just go, yep, that'd be it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I honestly have um no idea. So um I will look it up. We will look it up, and we'll, yeah, that's it. We'll have it by the, uh, by the end of this this next part. So, um, next thing we're going to have a quick look at is what's going on. Two thousand and eight, the, uh, the winless two thousand and eight season saved the Detroit Lions franchise. I have to say that was a complete guess. Well, it was. You you, you got it. So uh, fair enough. Um, the yeah, the Carolina Panthers um, is the other team we're going to have a uh, a quick look at before we uh, move on to the games. They are well. Obviously, last season they they, they went to the Super Bowl, had a fantastic uh, season. Yeah, four and seven at the minute after this uh, after this week, and they they're currently sitting at the bottom of the NFC South. It's not looking good for them, is it? No, I mean I think this is going to be a lost year for them. I, it's something of a strange year when both teams in the NFC Championship game don't look to be even making the playoffs with what's going on in the Cardinals as well. But yeah. um, the loss of Josh Norman, you know, seems to have been. A step too far on the defense for for the early part of the season. They struggled in the secondary, and that seems to be coming round. But you know, we need to hold it together for next year. And then the offense is just not quite fired, and they've had real problems on the offensive line. The good mm. news for the for the um, Panthers is that they have um, plenty of cap room, and so you know they have the, have between the draft and maybe some judicious efforts in free agency. And certainly, Gettleman seems to have built the team slowly into a plan so I don't think he'll splurge in free agency yeah. but you know if there's a chance that they, if they can do something about the line they've got enough um, options on offense in terms of players although Greg Olsen isn't getting any younger but that you know they have the options on offense that you know if they tweak the line and maybe just keep working on on the major parts of the secondary secondary then uh, the defense should shouldn't fall off anytime soon and mm. you know they could have a very strong run next year but yeah this year's it's it's just all fallen apart a bit for them uh, Super Bowl hangover is real, apparently, well, for the losing side this year. Yeah, that's it. Well, it's it's, it's interesting. We we look at kind of Cam Newton. Cam Cam is uh, obviously was was has, for the last few seasons he's been absolutely like the one of the one of the the biggest names in the in the game. And he, he still is, but he's not been quite up to. He, he struggled a little bit with fitness in the early part of the season. He's not been quite up to his usual self, hasn't he? He's, he's fifth, completed fifty six percent of his passes. He's not. Um, yeah, not having not having a very good season. I mean, last year was sort of like a peak year, but it was only sort of like the last games of the season before that that things really started to come together in the way they um, ran their offense. Yeah. Obviously, it went really well this year. They, they had problems with Jonathan Stewart early in the season, and that disrupted their run game. Obviously, they had line issues. And I just worry about his longevity with the hits he took. I mean, obviously, he had that um, the, the concussion. Which was, you know, the big issue, and mm. with the number of hits, it's possibly not surprising that he's going to get one at some point. And I think he could have a very different career to your your pocket passer unless he somehow learns to transition. But if you look at the way he passes the ball, his mechanics yeah. are often you sat there. It's you know, it's arm strength and and athletic ability rather than the mechanics that's getting it there and so they've deliberately bought lots of sort of long-armed very tall receivers to give you know big catch radiuses to help him and that seems to be working and you sort of commend them for working around their their quarterback's undeniable physical talents but 
if nothing else, I'd like to see him run a little less and um, they need to do something about their tackles. I mean, that was horribly exposed yeah. in the Super Bowl and they didn't really do anything. And you get a feeling that that's one of the things that's cost them. Yeah, you certainly do. And I think they, they're, they're kind of... Luke Keachley, is, is, his his injury this week is, is not a great thing to see. Or what I say this week, it was last week, wasn't it? Isn't a great thing to see either because he's, he's something that, that really holds their defence together. He does. Um, I... I there's an interesting and I'm giving away bits of the later pod now but um, <laughs> I, one of the interesting comments I've heard on the um, Ross Tucker po- football podcast because he was there doing doing the game was he was talking about how good um, AJ Klein was who's the backup linebacker saying he's yeah. one of the better linebackers backup linebackers in the league and but what he does give you and I've only watched the first quarter of coaching tape but he does have he moves well and he's running that cover two system but he doesn't have like the amazing instincts and diagnostics that Luke Keekley just always seems to make the right move Different and player. it is a big loss and yeah. you know I've, I've talked very big, big about him in the past but the thing that is very much worrying me now is his concussion history and you know it's another one he had one last year and you just don't know with a head injury and what's going on how long it's going to come out of it and you know whether he should be playing football and that's that's going to hang over the franchise but yeah. the, the defensive line is good I mean the other thing thing about that is yes there's questions about Keekley but Davis Senior is not getting any younger and he's already playing remarkably having I think he's thrown out um, his ACL three times um, on both knees so you know he's sort of surgically repaired and had an amazing end of season or end of career kind of um, um, renaissance, and he's playing really well. But there's only so long that you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the, the last games they've got, looking at their uh, the last remaining games, they've got Seahawks, Chargers, Washington, Falcons, and Buccaneers. Uh, how, do, how do you think they're going to finish out, out of that? Out of those last last five games, what I do you think, think uh, they're going to struggle because that looks to yeah. me like something of a murderer's row. I mean, it's a difficult run, isn't it? The Chargers um, are looking pretty good at the moment and are on the up. Seahawks had had I wonder could well be a blip going to Seattle. I think you might see a different one, although the injuries on their offensive line have cropped up again, and you know that might kill their momentum. Um, yeah. Washington, their offense looks as good as anybody in the leagues right now. Um, the Falklands obviously have finally dropped down to number two but you know mm. again another very good offensive team and then the Buccaneers look to be being frisky and so and a division game is always always um, always a tough proposition because the teams know each other so well so yeah. um, whilst I'm certainly not predicting it happening you could very, very, you know there are reasonable cases for them to lose all those games yeah that's it I think it's a write off isn't it <laughs> Run that over here. Okay, so we were treated to some uh, some really good games this week. Uh, the first one we uh, had a look at was on Thursday night. It was the, uh, the, the 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 Cowboys' traditional home Thanksgiving game. Uh, this one was to to the uh, Washington Redskins. Uh, they won the game thirty one twenty six. It was uh, it was quite a, it, was a, it was a really good game. I think the uh, the commentators kept reminding us over and over again that it was Des, Des Bryant versus Josh Norman. Uh, I don't know if you picked up on that, G, but it was uh, was something they I, I certainly heard them mention a lot. Um, yeah, they, they had a, they was they had a pretty good game between them. Kirk Cousins made a four hundred and forty nine passing yards, huge. Yeah, um, I, I didn't particularly on the um the, the day after. I took sort of like um, Thanksgiving Friday off rather yeah. than that Friday and sat watching football. But again, as usual, on condensed and stuff. So I don't remember particularly hearing um, um, lots of talk about the Josh Norman. Um, Bryant battle, although you know, I, I was very much aware of it that they were going on, and it was yeah. verbal as well as physical. Um, but more for me, it was it was the Dallas offense doing 
basically scoring points when they needed to and being very efficient and running the ball okay I thought for stretches and I wrote this up at the weekend that the Washington defense and the defensive line did an okay job of bottling up um, um, Ezekiel Elliott sort of you know limiting his effectiveness the problem is when you go against that offensive line and 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 Elliott you can bottle them up maybe for a bit, but even the Ravens, who have the league leading run uh, defense at the time, just you just wear down. It's such a physically demanding thing to try and do when you've got that offensive line and that running back behind him. But they just wore down, and so they they didn't even dominate time to possession despite having sort of like the running quarterback. But they were a bit more efficient, um, and Washington missed two field goals. But offensively, they certainly moved the ball very well. But um, yeah. one of the things they were mentioning, were mentioned in commentary also was their problems in the red zone this season, and that kind of hurt them when you've got four field goal attempts two of them missed and you know not not all of them that long you need to be more efficient as you approach the um end zone yeah absolutely well like you say i think ezekiel elliott had probably more games more plays that i've than than i've seen in any other game that i've seen him get zero or even even negative yards so it was quite a uh it was quite funny to watch yeah, no, I, I really was genuinely quite impressed with the uh, um, Washington line. Um, I, I don't remember seeing him that bottled up this season at all. Mm, that's it. Um, it was a lovely. Uh, I don't know if you. Uh, well, you would. You would. Of course, you would have uh, seen it. It was a great play. Um, the Terence Williams uh, touchdown, where he, he managed to just scrape his feet inbound. Uh, absolutely fantastic catch. It, it was an incredible toe tap. That that sort of the body control and the spatial awareness. Uh, and my spatial awareness wasn't great before I smacked my head into things repeatedly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the idea that you know where you now are enough to get your, your two feet down, and I think he got, like, another one down again just to prove a point. Just, it was, yeah, it is. It was an incredible piece of body control to make that catch. Absolutely. Um, and then a, uh, a nice two-minute drill from uh, Washington as well, tried to, trying to... Uh, trying to, trying to level things up but they could only uh, they could only manage a field goal couldn't they just before half time yeah and this is it was just a story of a game game for the Washington was was just yeah not enough points um, despite a lot of yards and a lot of effective offence yeah well it was yeah like you, like you say it was just it was one that they they just couldn't get themselves back into it unfortunately the, the, I think the Redskins just found themselves a little bit uh, penned in I think and, and couldn't really get the uh, get themselves back in, into the game quite so much but uh, it was quite tidy I don't think there was any there was only no interceptions and, and, and one sack wasn't there yeah, and not a lot of penalties called. I didn't think as well. Um, no. So looking at the, we've got sort of like four for eight and eight for um, fifteen. No, sorry, yeah. I'm looking at third down conversions. I'll try that <laughs> again. For three for thirty and three for twenty five. So no, it, it was it was you know a pretty clean game all round and and one of the more entertaining sort of Thanksgiving games I remember. Yeah, well, we both picked this one, right? We both uh, went for the, uh, the, the for Washington on this one, uh, so that was a, a point in in what was quite a good week for both of us in picks this week. Yeah, sneaky cover. Your, you know, I think we're even, <laughs> and you're still one game ahead of me. I am absolutely. Um, the second game was uh, one that I'm sure wasn't quite so uh, so nice for you to watch. It was your your game uh, for the Bengals against the Ravens. What's happening? What is happening? Same thing that's happened all season because we weren't terrible, but mm. I don't know what the stats are on this, but it feels like every time the Bengals open up against the team on defense, they just give up a touchdown. Yeah. And then they stiffened, and the Bengals moved the ball okay in the second half, um, yeah. but missed an extra point, tried to make a late surge, couldn't do it. Offense was doing bits and pieces, but then you've got balls battered at the line from Dalton, you've got. Um, the strip fumble um, in fairness Terrell Suggs has been playing very well this season yeah. and our offensive line has been struggling and so it's not perhaps a surprise that the Ravens won a muddy game because that's what they've been doing this season 
Yeah, and they, they are absolutely superior to most teams. I would say almost every team in kicking. They've been fantastic. Justin Tucker is is, is brilliant. Yeah, um, f- he hit three 50-yard-plus field goals in a row, which was kind of ridiculous and giving the, come on, are you not entertained after one of them? I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I like him as a kicker. Um, you know, the defense was sitting there saying, oh, come on, man. We, you know, we keep them out, you know, out from the 40-yard line three times and still give up nine points. I mean, you know, you do feel a little bit hard pushed for the um, Bengals and that, but at the end of the day, yeah. when you've got a kicker like that and a defense and a special teams, that's a recipe to win. One thing that you must be uh, quite pleased with is, is how your passing game went. Nearly 300 yards, even without AJ Green. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Boyd has continued to show flashes, and, you know, for a rookie, he's doing pretty well. Brandon LaFell's doing all right. Tyler Eifert was struggling a little bit just because he was being double teamed because he's the obvious focus. But um, I've heard some people um, talking about Andy Dalton and, you know, ah, he's not a winner and he's not raising the people above him. And I just feel like the problems with the offensive line, and I'm not wholly convinced by the new offensive coordinator, although this is a horrible year for him. I mean, you know, you mm. combine the line problems and what's been going on, um, you know, Tyler Eifert was who was so brilliant last season you know gets his ankle injured in the Pro Bowl and so he's missing from the start of the year and you know momentum and just all the changes I think the loss of the changing coordinator the loss of two um, wide receivers who were playing very well for their other teams and and it's just all a bit much combined with the line problems and it, it's just I don't know what Dalton's to do. I'm not saying he's um, amazing, but I think the worry for me was last year he had all the weapons around him and broke his hand at like the worst possible time. And I don't know what he'll look like in the playoffs when he's got the team that he should have around him. And it just could be one of those um, another Bengals almost but not quite stories. Yeah, well, it's uh, it was it was quite um, there was there was like you said there was there was one period towards the end where where almost everything he was throwing was being batted down until he uh, eventually threw a uh, or fumbled sorry I think not uh, not threw an interception fumbled it and turned it over so yeah it, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the best game for him but it was it's uh, they certainly they certainly were looked better on, on yeah I mean the there were one I or two expected. misses that were bad throws um, having said being defending him and there was one that you know could very easily have been intercepted because he threw it straight into the hands of I think a linebacker but yeah. um, you just it's hard to keep your mechanics and everything when everything's mm. going wrong around you. I don't know. Um, I'm not saying he's um, the new amazing. Uh, I'm now blanking on whether it's David or Derek Carr or <laughs> Derek <you> know, <laughs> or Drew Brees <laughs> or whatever's going on. But you know, I think he's a better quarterback than people give him credit for, and I think we can win with him. But the things need to change, and I, I'm more worried about some of the ill discipline and some of the other stuff that's going on. And I just I do wonder if it's a time for a change. And this is the first time that I've said that in a long while because Marvin Lewis has come in and turned around a franchise that was awful. Um, yeah. Where we are now from where we were um, is an incredible improvement, but he hasn't been able to get over the hump. And I'm just beginning to think that it might be time for a new voice in that locker room. The last uh, last play of the game was a bit weird, wasn't it? It was like it was a. a, a... They went for uh, a fake punt, but all they were doing was just hanging around just to see well, the clock out. There were sort of two of them, yeah. Um, basically, yeah. it's to do with, I think, that they were seeing the clock out and also the fact that um, the particular type of penalty is um, it doesn't stop the clock and put time back on, if you see what yeah. I mean. So it yeah. just rounds the clock out and there's nothing to lose other than... Or there's just literally nothing to lose. So they wandered out the back of the end zone and gave gave a safety at the end, but you know it didn't matter because it didn't stop the clock and so we didn't get the ball back to try anything. Not your favourite safety, then, I would imagine. <laughs> Very much not. 
Um, we well, we both. Uh, this was another one that we both picked uh, correctly. We both went for the Ravens on that one. Uh, third game, the Miami Dolphins. We're we're, we're on an absolute roll. Uh, playing the San Francisco Miami 49ers. Dolphins. <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Competent football team. Um, yeah, <laughs> we uh, we're playing the uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Twenty four thirty one was the final score to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, went into the game without basically without a right hand side of our O line, which was uh, which was was a, a recipe for disaster. Tunsil, Pouncey, and Albert all all out of the game, um, and the 49ers. Um, had the, well, they had the they had the worst run defense in the league going into this game. So, uh, given that that Ajayi has been on fire, I was really expecting to get a few more uh, more yards than he did. Yeah, I think um, I'm slightly interested because I, I I thought Albert and um, Tunsil were both left sided players, and so it was the left side of your line that was missing. But you know. Depends which way you look at it, I suppose. Whether you whether you look at it, I think you'll from. find that for, for they were listed at left tackle and left guard, and I've just called you out on your own teammate. I Shut mean, up! <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm enjoying um, this renaissance. Just uh, hence hence the singing, just because it's nice to be happy for you, because you know one of our teams is competent. And That's I it. think the good sign is that Gay seems to have um, galvanised this team, and mm. even when things are going wrong they're finding ways to win, which is a good sign compared to what's happened to the Bengals. You know, look at this. You you know, you're missing all these linemen. Um, and, okay, it's against the 49ers, but I think you were on the road and you found a way to do it. And if you weren't, it doesn't yeah. matter because you still found a way to do it. Yeah. Well, he, it, what's, what is good to see is he's, he's kind of trusting in... in uh, Tannehill to to really puts together some some nice plays in in what was a what was a pretty limited rushing game for us. He, they were obviously he, he after after it became quite clear that Ajayi wasn't really making much uh, much good, wasn't going to make much progress. It was it was quite refreshing to see them give really give give Tannehill a good uh, a good chance at making some numbers. I think he's also by now he's. First, he's taking the work, workload off him a bit with Ajayi once that started to break through, and I think that's given him a bit of confidence. So they're coming in on a winning run, they're, they're playing well, and he, I think he's also got an idea of um, what Tannehill does and doesn't do well. And, yeah. and the thing about Gase that's impressive is that he doesn't have like a system he's known for. If you go back and look through the quarterbacks, he's, he's consistently had successive quarterbacks, but different quarterbacks in different ways. And I think that adaptability is important in a coach. System coaches worry me because they need everything to be just so so that their system works whereas the coaches who can adapt to what players they have in front of them and make the best of it I think are more likely to have sustained success um, I think you can catch a lightning in a bottle and, and have those moments but um, I think it's going to be hard for someone like Chip Kelly particularly where the NFL um, rules are set up and the limited squads to have success with his system where he believes in the system versus someone yeah. who can scheme it for their players Mm, well, we didn't we didn't start particularly well in the game. Uh, it was a forty nine. There's always seen to what what I've I haven't seen that many games, but I've I've seen kind of the the reports of the games, and they always seem to to take a to take a lead and then and then fizzle out from there, which which is what happened on Sunday. Um, and yeah, it was it was it was an interesting one to watch. It was good to it was nice to see the uh, the Dolphins kind of warm up and get into a, into a rhythm after last week where we were kind of shut out for three quarters and it was it was quarter four before we really got anything going at all um so yeah it was nice and uh, and Leontay uh, Carew got his first uh, first touchdown as well yeah I mean but what was going on with your rush defense uh, there just wasn't much of it to be perfectly honest because the defense has been looking okay and they've simplified things and Sue's looked a bit better but suddenly 
it, uh, and particularly with Kaepernick running for 113 mm. yards, was it just yeah. not coping with the read option that was causing problems? Pretty much, yeah, that was it. They were they were doing a lot of uh, a lot of read option plays, and, uh, and they just yeah just couldn't really couldn't really keep them uh, keep, keep limit his his movement. To be perfectly honest, it was it was kind of like seeing Kaepernick of old. To be perfectly honest, he's uh, he used to obviously he was he's been for years. He's, he's been a pretty good uh, rushing quarterback, and it was, it was yeah. quite it, it was uh, it, it was kind of just typical Kaepernick really. Um, but, Sorry, yes. I distracted you from Leonte Carew, which um, fun. I, I've not seen too much of him at all this season. I don't think, and I'm looking through, and I'm seeing why because you know he's barely been targeted or, or 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 had catches. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it. That's why it was it was quite nice to see his uh, see him get a get a touchdown. It's uh, we were kind of sharing them around on uh, on Sunday, <laughs> which was which was nice. Uh, sixth straight win for the Dolphins. Uh, first first time since since 2006, and we're uh, we're in the we're in the wild card places now. That's scary. Well, you know, uh, I don't know if it'll last. We'll see. That AFC West is is competitive, so they might knock each other yeah. out. But yeah. um, it, it, it's got to be nice just to be competitive for it, isn't it? Absolutely, it's really nice. It's it's a it makes a makes a welcome change. To be perfectly honest, it's uh, I'm quite enjoying it. Tell, uh, tell me <laughs> the truth: as a, as a Dolphins fan, are you still a little bit waiting for the wheels to come off? Um, a little bit. And, a little bit. And how worried do we need to be about the the O line injuries? Are we like to see any of them come back again, or is is this could this be a problem going forward? I don't think it's a long term thing. Um, so we might we might not have them Sunday, but I think uh, I think it, I don't think it's a long term thing after that. Fair um, enough. So we should we should be okay. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm still taking the credit, by the way, for these uh, for this good season after after killing it off at the beginning. <laughs> Um, we both picked the Dolphins, uh, and we're both wrong on the uh, on, on the pick. Unfortunately, uh, final game was Kansas City Chiefs and Denver Broncos, and I must say, v- very well done to you for picking this one to watch. It was a fantastic game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly not just going. Oh, it's a Sunday night game. We should watch that one. It was just like that one looked really good. They flexed into the Sunday night game, and I'm I'm suspecting the executive made the decision of feeling pretty good about themselves because it was a really really good game. Yeah, it, it certainly was. Well, both teams went into it at seven and three, so they, they were the two that that went into the uh, the weekend occupying those two AFC wildcard spots. So uh, it was it, it was always going to be a, an, a good competitive one. There was there was five changes to the lead during the game, which uh, which the the Chiefs eventually ended up winning thirty twenty seven after overtime, and all those sacks. Yeah, Von Miller that's... and Justin Houston suddenly coming back and already looking um, like the, the disruptive Justin Houston of old, and with. Um, the, the the rushing options they've got between him, Ali, and the player who I keep forgetting the name of, who's beginning to make progress, they could be a real handful for for um, teams going forward if if they can get them all fitting on the field at the same time. Um, yeah. And I thought Trevor Simeon looked better, like good enough that maybe um, um, this is a long term solution, and Paxton Lynch might have to wait a little longer because yeah. I mean there was several. There was one lovely floated long pass where it wasn't like the bullet arm stuff because he not quite got that arm, but it was lovely calm and presence as he moved the ball, saw the rush coming, and like drifted over to to I think a running back underneath, and and, and mm. but it was you know just timing and, and the touch on that pass I loved because it wasn't just like a oh, I've got a big arm throwing a ball. It was a really nice bit of quarterbacking. Yeah, he, he put up some really good numbers. Um, it was, I think, 368 yards in total. Obviously, he got sacked five times, but uh, yeah, 368 yards, three touchdowns, and, and 20 completions out of 34 attempts. And it, for, for, for 
Broncos line has been a little bit up and down and so you know we shouldn't but you know sometimes when a quarterback sacks you say oh, I held on to the ball too long or well, it was mm. good coverage this was just just in Houston was just causing so many problems they actually swapped their right tackle to yeah. um and that seemed to help solidify it a bit so you know I wouldn't put those sacks necessarily on the young quarterback in this instance yeah, in the in, in absolute contrast to the uh, first game we watched, this was there was there was loads of penalties in this one, wasn't there? Nearly Broncos lost nearly a hundred yards of, in penalties. Yeah, and and yeah, I'm sort of blanking on what they were. If, if you yeah, there was me. nothing that stood out. But when you when you when I went back and had a look at the uh, at the stats from it, yeah, just just they just got penalised a lot. Which um, yeah, it's a curious one as they were at home, but. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. Yeah, fifteen, fifteen for ninety-seven yards, and I'm just. I. I can't pull any even to mind. I remember one or two false starts, but um, mm. you, you know, nothing major though. Yeah, usually when that's so you're sitting there going, oh, all the oh, um, another one. Yeah, but also, um, a few five. You know, the, you know my least favorite call in the uh, world, which is the five-yard illegal contact yeah. hold. You know, yeah. defensive holding with the automatic first down, which is just. Is killing the game both in terms of spectacle and just you know we had twenty four penalties that you know mm. were accepted yet alone you know those that were declined. Is it any wonder that you know there's talking about the games going on too long and too slow and the officiating when that kind of stuff's going on? And there's really important sort of you know head protection, safety of the game stuff, and the hand fighting and the stuff with the receivers is just ridiculous. Mm. Well, it was it, the, one of the reasons that it went on for so long is because it, uh, it it needed to. It needed overtime to, uh, to to settle it, didn't it? And there was there was even change two changes of of, of the lead in during overtime. Yeah, uh, you know the new overtime rules and the field goal yeah. versus the touchdown, and also you know some people questioning whether Kubiak should have sort of punted the ball away and mm. you know played for the draw rather than going for the sixty-two yard kick, even in the thin Denver air, and then. You know, he's come out and said, you know, uh, we were going for the win. I don't know whether you try a fourth down, but I think it was a long play, so it's not like he could try like a short fourth and two for a conversion and try and get a more makeable yeah. field goal. But I don't know. It, it, it's it was a great game. It was a tight finish. Um, you know how Santos managed to get it in from from the yeah. way he struck the, struck that goalpost. It, it, was, it, it was it was huge. Yeah, it a was huge kick, and and yeah, it, when it hit the, it hit the goalpost and, and kind of just managed to to creep through didn't it yeah i'm sat there watching it going really are we sure that passed in front yes yes no it did go because it's, it's not easy to tell on the television angle with yeah. that particular kind of, of rebound but yeah it, it was an awful lot of drama and an amazing comeback and i shouldn't have doubted the chiefs it would seem no well we both uh we we we, we i picked them sorry uh and and i was uh i was correct and yeah you you, you doubted them so oh well you'll uh you live and learn don't it, you it was looking good for a lot of the game <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. You weren't, you weren't, you weren't far off. Uh, let's have a look at the uh, the rest of the week's games then. The uh, the week started with a really close one in Detroit as the Lions hosted the Minnesota Vikings. It was a game that uh, was made for kickers uh, as Kai Forbath showed uh, that he's he's settling in well as at, uh, as a kicker at Minnesota. Vikings kept taking the lead only to be pegged back, uh, and that carried on throughout the game. Uh, with two minutes left, they were winning by three points, but two kicks from the Lions, including a 40-yarder in the last second following interception thrown by Sam Bradford, meant that the game finished by 16 points to 13 to Detroit. It was the exact opposite uh, in Indianapolis, where the uh, Colts were playing host to the Pittsburgh Steelers. None of the points there were scored by kickers. Uh, the Colts, who were without Andrew Luck this week due to concussion, struggled through uh, this one as the Steelers started scoring early and never really looked back. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown put on a show, scoring all the uh, Steelers' four touchdowns. And together with uh, some scarily accurate passing from Big Ben, uh, the game was well and truly beyond the reach of the Colts. The score on this one was 28-7 to the Steelers. 
things aren't looking good for Chicago after losing Jay Cutler last week, potentially for the rest of the season. Uh, it meant that they went into this weekend's games uh, against, oh, sorry, this weekend's game against the Titans, starting their third choice quarterback in uh, Matt Barkley. And my God, he was kept busy. Fifty-four passing attempts from the Bears, completing twenty-eight of them and picking up three hundred and sixteen yards on his first career start. After taking an early lead, though, they were uh, left the door wide open for Tennessee, uh, who had this one wrapped up early, leading by 20 points with 10 minutes to go. Uh, while Chicago put on a late comeback, they weren't able to uh, do enough to stop the Titans from winning this one by 27 points to 21. And people should note that this is like the first time this year where I've picked the Titans to win and they've actually won. I mean, that might not be entirely <laughs> true, but it certainly feels like it. The Bills needed to win on Sunday to keep up the pace in the AFC East, and when they did, uh, this week it was the Jacksonville Jaguars on the losing end of it. Uh, there was a worry before the game that Shady McCoy would miss this one with an injury, but uh, not only did he start, he gained himself 103 rushing yards and two touchdowns. It was a bad day in the air uh, for the Jags, but on the plus side, they managed to uh, register five sacks on Tyrod Taylor. There was a touchdown between the two teams in the end, and it finished 28-21 to Buffalo. Bruce Arians spent some time in hospital last week with chest pains but was out in time to see his Cardinals team on Sunday although I don't think this game would have helped uh, it was a fairly competitive game for the first half but the Falcons started pulling away during the last half hour yardage wise there wasn't much between them and uh, both quarterbacks had pretty good days but the Falcons just managed to get uh, into the better field position and got themselves five touchdowns during the game this one finished 38-19 to Atlanta the blue half of New York are on a good run, having won their last five games going into this week, so I can't imagine the uh, Browns would have been relishing the chance to uh, host them uh, this week, especially having not won all season. Both teams' uh, respective runs continued this uh, after this week, uh, with the Giants dominating for the majority of the game. That being said, Cleveland managed to impress uh, with 322 passing yards, but only managed to get it into the end zone once. Odo Beckham Jr. Uh, put the Giants' hearts in their mouths when he went off with what looked like an injury in the first half, but he soon returned to make two touchdowns of his own, and the final score was 27 points to 13. And are you feeling foolish for picking the Browns? A little bit, yes. I, did, I didn't think they were going to win, but I thought they could be closer than they were. If you're a fan of the passing game, and let's face it, who isn't? Me! Uh, you, can always, you can always count on Drew Brees to keep you entertained during a game, unless your team are facing the Saints, that is. Uh, that's the position Rams found themselves in this week when they headed south to New Orleans. Jared Goff managed to score his first uh, three career touchdowns, uh, but they just couldn't help uh, help them to keep the pace with the Saints. Uh, in fact, they didn't manage to score a single second-half point. And between Brees passing and Mark Ingram's rushing, they ran away with it, uh, eventually uh, closing the game out by 49 points to 21. And that's like the most points um, given up by a team this season. And you really wouldn't mm. expect that of the Rams. I mean, I know the Saints are playing well on offense at the moment and, you know, are more fearsome proposition at home than they are away. But I, I think someone was trying to um, prove a point to their old um, defensive coordinator from the Bountygate scandal. Quite possibly. Top of the AFC South met the bottom of the AFC West as the Texans met the Chargers on Sunday nights, and it didn't go the way that the standings would have suggested it might. Uh, the Chargers are going back to San Diego with uh, the one in the win column, and they could have made it a bit more comfortable if it wasn't for a, uh, a missed field goal. Still, three touchdowns meant that the Texans, led by a pretty lacklustre Brock Osweiler, couldn't keep up and lost this one by 21 points to 13. I'm feeling particularly smug as I was making that point um, when I was picking the game that I, I think their records would be very different if these two teams' divisions were changed. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very few people called the Buccaneers to beat the Seahawks but that's what happened on Sunday uh, and they did so relatively comfortably uh, all of the scoring on this one was done within the first half and included a safety for the Seahawks uh, Russell Wilson had a very poor game by any, uh, anyone's standards let alone his own throwing two interceptions and taking six sacks and completing just over, only just over half of his passing attempts 
He was their uh, leading rusher, though. Uh, so uh, yeah, not all uh, not all bad for him. Buccaneers uh, go into week thirteen with a winning record after winning this one by fourteen points to five. And I do think we should also point out that although Russell Wilson had a not great game, um, part of that is because they had they lost two linemen and already dodgy um, offensive line and so there were real problems um, protecting him hence yeah. the real issues this week it's not all his fault <laughs> uh, the Patriots and the Jets put on a surprisingly close game at the MetLife Stadium uh, there was a lot of talk before the game uh, about how Brady might struggle against the Jets defence and while he uh, didn't have his best game he did enough to ensure that they came away with the victory the Jets actually led for the majority of the game uh, but a touchdown pass to uh, Malcolm Mitchell uh, with less than two minutes to go saw the Patriots take the win uh, despite Gronk leaving early with a back injury the final score in this one was 22 points to 17 to the New England Patriots uh, the Raiders are currently sitting pretty at the top of the AFC West, uh, while the Panthers, who went into this game without their uh, QB of the defence, Luke Keachley, uh, who suffered concussion last week, sit bottom of the NFC South. Uh, this was a high-scoring affair, which uh, went back and forth, and it wasn't settled until uh, the end of the fourth quarter, when Sebastian uh, Janikowski kicked a final field goal to make it 35-32 to the Raiders, giving them their fifth win on the bounce. And finally on Monday night, the Packers faced the Eagles, both of whom have had their struggles so far this year with consistency. It was an exceptional performance uh, of the on the offense for Green Bay uh, that prevailed, though, and Aaron Rodgers made over 300 passing yards, 113 of which went to De- Devontae Adams. Uh, Philadelphia not only struggled to get things going on the ground, but also saw Carson Wentz throw an interception and take four sacks before the game was over. Both teams en- uh, enter Week 13 at 5-6 and six for the season, but Monday night's game finished at 27 points to 13 to the Packers and given our conversation last week you can see that at least one of the three that we were talking in question in Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be going anywhere <laughs> the ball is it's a right, G, it's time for us to have a look at what you've been writing about this week on the blog so uh, with it being Thanksgiving you wrote a piece uh, about being thankful so uh, what is it exactly that you are thankful to the NFL for um at the moment um I was going <laughs> to distracting me from the the horror show that is the world outside except you know yeah. the Bengals are not great um importance of sport lots and lots of things really um just trying to pick out one or two things talking about the bengals um i said gino atkins because he's still amazing uh i'm enjoying the dolphins run um absolutely it makes you happy and that you know makes me happy in turn and you know (laughs) when you start really picking your part you can just keep going and i think it's nice to remind yourself of these things because you know there are bad points and we do get caught up and i think rightly so sometimes when you're looking at be it um the, the worries about injuries and some of the governance of a team but you know it's still a sport we love and you know it's worth reminding ourselves of that at the time from time to time yeah certainly is uh, well you hinted you're going to have a, a look at the Panthers this weekend as well uh, for, from the blog yeah, uh, as I, as I was saying, there was, it was interesting to me that um, I've heard two people talk about the Panthers game just uh, with Ross Tucker talking about how impressed he was with Klein as a backup linebacker and then um, Robert Mays talking about how, although uh, he was doing like more basic uh, cover two type um, action than Luke Keekley was and so it was, he was more predictable and so they were able to pick on him a bit and so I thought I'd take a look at the coach tape and see what happens. It sounds good. Uh, well, all f- for all of that and much more from G, make sure you stay tuned to the blog. It can be found at thewrongfootball.com. And I'm more coherent when I have a chance to edit myself. Are you ready for some football? Right, so week 13 is coming up. Let's make our picks. As uh, we quite, uh, G quite rightly pointed out earlier on, uh, we, we, had a, we had a tie week this week. We were uh, nine and I think we both got, got nine each, didn't we? Yeah, nine uh, and so seven. So it means that... I- yeah, it means I'm still uh, still one point ahead overall. Uh, let's have a look at the picks for uh, for this week then. The uh, Cowboys uh, faced the Vikings in the Thursday night game with three and a half points given to the Vikings. That's not enough for me. 
Me either. Um, uh, the Vikings have got too many problems against uh, a Cowboys team who have the best record in the league. Uh, Cowboys it is. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs travelling to Atlanta to play the Falcons uh, and they're given three and a half points as well. This, could, this is going to be a really close one. Uh, I, I think this is one of the games I'd, I'd want to watch. We'll see what else are about. I might, I might be petitioning <laughs> to drop the Bengals um, because um, I think this looks like a really good matchup. You've got that much improved defence of the Chiefs with Houston looking really interesting and, and the stuff them doing enough on offense and finding a way versus a Falcons team that you know is 7-4 defense is doing enough and the offense is really flying so yeah I'm really looking forward to this team um, and I'm really not sure that half point makes me iffy about the Falcons I think it could be a field goal in it I'm, I'm I'm thinking Falcons for now, but again, I'm not I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I I think the Falcons might win, but that half point makes me anxious. That's it. Um, the next game will be a poo sandwich: uh, San Francisco 49ers against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, and part of me wants to go, oh well, look at all the problems the Bears have. Um, 49ers, and then you look at the fact that um. Matt Barkley got, the 49ers have yeah, got. and the Matt, Bar- <laughs> Matt Barkley got runs, and you know, Sonny Kaepernick's doing stuff, and I don't know what to do. Um, yeah, I really don't. Forty ers I guess, maybe. I'm going Forty ers on, on this, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a, not not going to be the uh, the most entertaining games I wouldn't have thought. No. That that said, you watch me going going to be wrong, and it'd be a, a it could 52, be quite fun on Yeah, yeah. Um, your game, Bengals playing the Eagles. You're given a point and a half. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't think that's enough. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I think you might be right. I just don't know. Yeah. We were pretty close to the Ravens, and the Ravens, you know, are six and five and not terrible. Yeah, I, I sorry, I, I Fletcher Cox is just going to cause me so many problems. I'm, I, I usually love watching him, and he's just going to make me sad this week. Yeah, uh, well, I'm going to go for another road team in the next game: uh, Broncos against Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars are given five and a half points. Yeah. I, I concur entirely. Broncos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lions Saints. What do you think on this one? This one could be a good game. Yeah, I'm the, I think this could be a very good game. And I think I'm leaning Lions just because I think that's too many points for the Saints. The Lions are 7-4 and four and, and they're finding ways to win games. No, they're not great on defence, but um, I, I think this could be a closer game than that. Yeah, Lions are given 5.5. So, uh, in, yeah, I, I, I'm... Mm, see, I've, t- I've ticked Lions, but... Now I've ticked them. I'm not sure. <laughs> this, I could change. I could change it. Um, Texans Packers uh, five and a half points for the Texans. The Green Bay. It's got to be, isn't it? I. How can you say got to be given their form this season? They've been so up and down. This is yeah. not the first time that um, um, Aaron Rodgers has looked competent. Um, yeah. See also Houston Texans. Yeah. Except the defense is really good. Yeah. But their offense is terrible. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I'd go Packers and not be happy about it. <laughs> uh, the Rams are given 13.5 points against the Patriots. That is a lot of points. I think that I am by default picking the Rams. And I think yeah, I, I think would have I been am. really confident up until last week because the defence had been playing really well. It was just their offence was no good. But after yeah. you know the amount of points I gave up last week, um, I think I'm going to... Uh, my new policy is just that's too many points. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Um the Dolphins are given three and a half points against the Ravens. That's a hmm. I you got to go with Dolphins, surely. I'm not sure sure about that. Um, just because the 
their, that defense and Terrell Suggs against the banged up Dolphins line would make me yeah. seriously worried. They've got you know one of the best run defenses in the league, and I think you could struggle this on the road. I don't think this is a bad loss for you guys, and I think it might be one. Mm. I, yeah. But uh, but I think we're going to carry on. I think we're going to win. I'm not so sure. Um, Bills Raiders. Uh, Bills are given three and a half. Points. I think this could be another really good game. Yeah, um, I think it could be good. Could be a few this week, but um, I, I think I trust the Raiders. It's yes. just again, it's that half point. You can see him winning by a field goal, but um, yeah, I think you're right. But I think, I think Raiders, right. uh, Giants, Steelers. The the Giants being given five and a half points on this one. Uh, that's I sneakily fancy that's the a Giants. tough call. I sneakily fancy the Giants to cover that. I think five and a half is a bit rich given the Steelers' up and down nature this season. I yeah. They only just yeah, beat, think, they beat the Colts with their backup line um, quarterback. Don't forget last I, week. Uh, yeah, I think you might be right. And the Giants have they've only got to even if they lose, they've only got to do it by five point. Yeah, they've got to lose yeah. by less than six. Yeah, I've, I'm going to go for Giants. I'm going to go Giants. I'm talking uh, you into picks in a competition. This is a bad idea. <laughs> uh, Washington Redskins facing the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Strongly um, fancy Washington. Yeah, they're given two and a half points as well. Yeah. Two and a half points yeah. on the road, you know. As good as Cardinals' defense is, it's just all going wrong. Yeah, I agree. Um, the Buccaneers and the Chargers, three and a half points to Tampa. Another game that I think I fancy watching, um, mm. just because uh, the Chargers have turned it round, round and are doing really well, and Jerry Bosa's um, proving how good he is and how ridiculous it was to not sort out the offset language and get him in sooner. And the Buccaneers have shown. I thought they were going to have real problems early in the season. I wasn't convinced by Cutter, but they seem to have settled down a bit and coming round. And, and I think this should be a good game, but I think I'm leaning Chargers at home. I'm I'm going Chargers. Yeah, I'm going Chargers on that one. Uh, Panthers Seahawks. Any other season, I'd say this is going to be, this will be an absolutely fantastic game. But this season, it, it's yeah. They, I mean, the Panthers are given six and a half points. See, I think it might be tighter than that. Um, with, I do. I don't think that the, the, the offensive line is magically going to heal itself, and so I think this could be a messy game for them. So I kind of mm. fancy the Panthers to cover, probably in a losing effort, because um, it is in Seattle. But yeah, I just think that's a I, bit rich for me. I think I, I kind of tend to agree on that one, to be perfectly honest. Uh, the the last game of the week is the Monday night game, and that is the Colts and the Jets, with the Jets being given two and a half points. Uh, what an awful Monday night matchup! Yeah, it's not the best, is it? I mean, I would probably be picking the Colts um, if I knew Andrew Luck was playing, but with him still in the concussion protocol, I guess I might be taking a call on Sunday. But um, neither and, of these teams are exactly inspi- inspiring. Sorry, Fitz, Fitzpatrick had a good game the uh, the weekend. But we haven't been able to rely on that this season. They're free no, for a reason. I mean, you know, this is a mess of a game. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the Jets. I think. Fair enough. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for for this episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, for reasons I'm not going to go into, we're actually going to take a week off next week, uh, considering the podcast is bye week. Um, we'll be back the week after, though, uh, as we enter the home straight for the regular season by uh, reviewing the West of Week 14 and look ahead at what's to come for Week 15. We're going to be all over social media in the meantime, though, so uh, make sure, sure you uh, give us a follow uh, on Twitter at Wrong Football 
or at TWF Dan for myself uh, or drop us a, uh, an email as well to TWFpodcast at Outlook.com in the meantime uh, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast uh, to make sure you get it delivered to you each and every Thursday night except next Thursday of course uh, and uh, also make sure you check out the blog to keep up with what G's been up to during the week at thewrongfootball.com thanks very much for listening and we'll see you again in two weeks like and subscribe like and subscribe <laughs> Thank you.